Thank you, loyal blog readers, for joining us for our Friday weekly podcast, The Class Action Weekly Wire. I'm Jerry Mantman, a partner at Dwayne Morris, and joining me today is Nelson Stewart, an associate in our New York office to talk about securities fraud, class action litigation. Thanks so much, Nelson, for being on the podcast today. Great to be here, Jerry. Thank you. We wanted to discuss for our clients uh, key trends and developments over the past year in securities fraud, class action litigation. Obviously, a very serious area uh, of large uh, amount of case law. And so we wanted in this podcast to get your thoughts and ideas about what corporate counsel should be thinking about in terms of key developments in 2022 and what you see in the future in 2023. Nelson, could you share with our listeners uh, an overview of the way in which federal security laws are structured? Sure. The, the, the pillars of federal securities law are the Securities Act of 1933 and the Securities Exchange Act of 1934. These statutes were enacted uh, after the stock market crash of 1929 to regulate the securities market and promote transparency in those markets for investors. The Securities Act regulates Securities for Public Sale, and the Securities Exchange Act governs trading of the existing securities and securities markets. The Securities Act allows private litigants to pursue claims against corporate issuers for material misrepresentations or omissions made in connection with a securities offering. But a plaintiff needs to show that the shares of the security can, can be traced back to the actual offering in order to bring a claim under the Securities Act. Uh, because of this limitation, investors alleging claims for securities purchased on an exchange after an offering has occurred, tend to look to the implied right of private action under Section 10B of the Securities Exchange Act and under SEC Rule 10B-5, which prohibit fraudulent schemes and fraudulent misrepresentations, misrepresentations or admissions in connection with a broad range of securities transactions. When it comes to class certification under Rule 23, certainly that's a rigorous standard to meet, a la uh, Walmart stores versus Dukes. What particular barriers or challenges do plaintiffs face in this particular space when they uh, seek to secure class certification in a securities fraud lawsuit? Reliance is one of the prerequisites of class certification under Rule uh, 23B3. The proposed class is often a varied and large group of plaintiffs. This can be a, this can create a, individual fact issues that could overwhelm predominant ones and present a very difficult hurdle to class certification. This challenge was eased considerably by the ruling in Basic v. Levinson, where the United States Supreme Court adopted a fraud on the market theory of reliance. The fraud on the market theory avoids the need to show an individual's reliance by employing a presumption that when a stock trades in an efficient market, investors rely on the market as an intermediary for setting the stock's price in light of all publicly available material information. Accordingly, when an investor buys or sells a stock at the market price, the investor has in effect relied on all publicly available information regardless of whether the buyer and or seller was aware of that information personally. I know the basic presumption is very unique in this space. Um, does it apply in all securities fraud cases or are there certain requirements before it may be invoked? The basic presumption for class certification is invoked by showing that the alleged misre misrepresentation was publicly known, that it was material, that the stock traded in an efficient market, and that the plaintiffs traded the stock between the time the mis misrepresentation was made and the time the misrepresentation 
misrepresentation was publicly corrected or the truth was disclosed. Basic resulted in a significant expansion of secure in securities class actions. And in an attempt to address this expansion and limit frivolous class actions, Congress enacted the Securities Litigation Reform Act and the Securities Litigation Uniform Standards Act of 1998. Nelson, I know that class certification rulings in this space tend to find their way into the Wall Street Journal. And I know you've analyzed this area in detail. In your opinion, what are some of the key class certification rulings over the past year that corporate counsel should know about? In 2022, a number of defendants successfully argued that plaintiffs failed to satisfy the heightened pleading standards required by the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act, or the PSLRA. The higher bar of the PSLRA requires that a complaint alleging misstatements or omissions specify each statement that is alleged to have been misleading and indicate reasons why the, the statement is misleading. In In Ray Carnival Corp securities litigation, Plaintiffs alleged that the carnival had made false and misleading state statements regarding its COVID-19 policies and the risks posed to its business by the pandemic. The court's review of the complaint found that carnival statements affirming compliance with regulatory requirements and safety protocols were not actionable and immaterial. The court found that the statements affirming carnival's commitment to passenger and crew safety were too vague and is too general to satisfy the specific requirements pleading requirements of Federal Rule 9b and the PSLRA. I know that the holy grail uh, in class actions for plaintiff's counsel is securing class certification. In terms of a scorecard over the past year, relatively, how did plaintiffs and defendants do in dealing with either preemptive motions to dismiss that attacked securities fraud class actions or in actual uh, litigation of certification motions. In 2022, plaintiff's bar was successful in obtaining class certification of at least part of a class in almost all of the cases that went to that stage of litigation. However, companies were successful almost 50% of the time in obtaining favorable rulings on motions to dismiss, motions to strike, and motions for summary judgment, as was the case in In Ray Carnival, for example. In terms of uh all-star ruling in 2022 for class certification. Do you have any favorites in terms of cases you've studied and analyzed? Yes, well, one case in particular um, involved the basic presumption we discussed. In St. Clair County Employees Retirement System v. Acadia Healthcare Company, plaintiffs alleged uh, several misrepresentations and omissions concerning the quality of care and staffing at the, def the defendant's healthcare facilities. News items and reports by securities analysts later disclosed that allegations of understaffing, uh, cost-cutting, and patient neglect at those facilities had, in fact, occurred. Uh, in an attempt to overcome the basic presumption, the defendant argued that the mis misrepresentations alleged in the complaint were merely generic and not material to the relationship between the misrepresentation relied upon and its impact on the company's share price. The defendant offered an expert report in support of this argument. Uh, but the court determined that the defendant failed to rebut the basic presumption because the report offered no analysis showing a disconnect between the allegedly generic misstatements and the company's share price. The court found that in an absence of such analysis, mere contentions that the statements were generic or were insufficient, were insufficient to overcome the basic presumption. Um, and the, the court ended up granting the, uh, the plaintiff's motion for class certification. 
I know that in many uh, particular substantive areas, class certifications lead to settlements. And in 2022, class action settlements were the highest they had ever been in decades. What did the space look like in terms of securities fraud class action settlements? The plaintiff's class action bar successfully converted class action certification rulings into class act class wide settlement at a brisk pace in 2022. Um, the top 10 uh, securities fraud class wide settlements totaled $3.25 billion in the past year. Um, the top settlement was a class action against Dell Technologies for $1 billion, resolving claims that defendants breached their fiduciary duties to former shareholders of a particular kind of Dell stock. There was also a large settlement of over $800 million from Twitter in a class action where, where stockholders helped allege that Twitter artificially inflated its stock price by misleading investors about user engagement. Those are hefty numbers and a lot of coin. I'm sure 2023, the plaintiff's bar will be loaded for bear again. Well, thank you for your analysis, uh, Nelson, and for your overview you. of the uh, developments over the past year in securities fraud class action litigation. And thank you to our listeners for joining our Friday weekly podcast. Have a great day. Thank you.